0: Hey everybody, welcome to a special edition of Street Fight Radio. This is just a podcast this week. Right now we're working on our show for Means TV, and we had to find something to get y'all satiated to make sure you had Street Fight Radio each week. And so I reached out to the Patreon crew made a post and asks for some questions you want to hear from us and some questions that you have with answers that you want to hear from us. So if this is your first episode of street fight, maybe not the best, but you might learn something. So thanks for listening. We're the number one anarcho comedy radio show on any station across the nation. And we'll continue doing this, uh, until we're dead. So thanks for joining along with the ride. 33 questions we got 33 33 we're gonna answer
1: every single one of these 33 questions and uh you know this will run over two weeks and uh it's fun i you know i like doing q a's every now and then but uh my katie just sent us a text that said i have cues for your q a A. okay well, you can ask me those cues. Get on Patreon. Yeah, get on fucking Patreon. No, you can ask me those cues anytime you want. The listeners get this Q and A. This isn't for wives. Wife, uh, you know, she could fucking literally roll over in bed in the middle of the night if she came up with a question for me and be like, "Hey, I was wondering what kind of lake you would be if somebody asked you that." you know, I would answer that question. Yeah. I would absolutely answer that. But, um, yeah, I like doing Q and A's because the call-in show is more of a conversation. Right. And you know, last night we had a really weird call. This is way in advance. So you'll never know what the call was at this point, but we had a really weird call where I was like, I wish this was a Q and (laughs) A.
0: Yeah. And I think for a lot of people, they're more willing to just type something out than call and try to talk to us in front of the entire internet it also gets like i mean people
1: ask more creative questions this way people don't really want to ask us anything on the uh calling show at all they don't want to tell they want to tell us everything and uh we just listen to them and say oh that's fucked up but uh with with the q a it's it's a big time like you know what do you guys think about stuff so uh this isn't probably the only time you're gonna hear well i mean you guys got i don't know how the order how this stuff's being laid out but uh let's a- let's ask the first question from matthew perpetua i love the guy he is a music critic which i think is the coolest job in the world uh actually what i thought i was gonna be someday hoping cross your fingers <laughs> yeah i mean i think every single guy like me thought they were gonna be a music critic Guys with, like, really bad-tasted music, but thought they had good-tasted music. It's like guys that say, I really like cinema, and get way into, like... And they're just, like, way into, like, Quentin Tarantino and Kevin Smith. Right. <laughs> like, those guys, that's how I was. I have very middle-brow taste. I don't go way out of anything, you know? I, I guess I like some Radiohead, but, I mean... The exact radio head you would expect that I like, and you would, well, it would be easy for you to guess which ones I hate, uh, for anybody to guess you're all sitting out there like, Hey, Brian, um, you're all out there like hey brian which radio head do you like and it's it's uh, okay computer and the bends wow and pablo honey wow the ones i don't like old school anything after that old school i I never hated anything like kid a i know i just hate kid a i heard kid a i probably haven't listened to kid a since it came out but i remember the first time i heard it and i was like what the, who the fuck is this i got mad at it i was actually physically angry that somebody would make that music
0: uh when kid a came out i went to super tuesday at the virgin record store in ohio got it in the middle of the night we listened to it while we were in line they had it playing over the speakers and everything absolutely wonderful experience love kid a yeah. Kid so, A was mine. I, I, when I started downloading MP3s, I was able to hit, to listen to all the older stuff, but kid A came out in my life and I was able to claim that one as like, I was there, man. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 So Matthew
1: asks us, this is a question I'd want each of you to answer. Oh gosh. If you could completely reinvent yourself as a totally different type of dude, what would the new version of you be like style? taste vibe speech patterns um i'll answer first because i kind of know the type of dude i would want to be uh, I, like not a fitness guy but like a strong guy swole not even like sw- like jason statham would be like that is my look that i'd like to have like just you know I'm not the best looking guy in the world, but I'm not the worst looking guy in the world, but I'm strong. I look strong and fit and everybody thinks I can whip their ass, even if I don't. But then I could also like be into like drugs. I also wish I was super into alcohol. Not like an alcoholic, but I wish I. Something I've always wished is that I liked like bourbon and stuff like that. and Beer. I, I wish that I was a guy that could crack open a beer with the boys and just drink one, but I can't. I, I just, I've tried it. I hate it. It sucks. Uh, so drinker, a person who enjoys imbibing and drink somebody who likes to go to parties, I think would be really good as far as style goes like just looking good and not in the way that i think i look good now because like i go out and buy these like designer like these streetwear designer shits and i put them on but that's just that's a compromise really because i'm not gonna put on a fucking i'm not gonna look ever like the guys i want to look like like really cool you know I'm just, I'm, I'm playing catch up here and I'm doing the quickest shortcut to looking cool, which is, uh, which is, uh, buying something that's expensive. The other thing that has always been a thing for me, and we've met a few bigger musicians and, uh, uh, people like that now, like stars and celebrities and stuff is like, they always have like a heavy bag with them like a bag that's like really heavy and it has like like keys hanging off of it It just they make a lot of noise when they show up in the room i'd like to have something like that going on with myself too and uh just like a really quick guy like a really funny guy that's super quick and then also i would like to be into like I don't know. I, I think my music taste I'm okay with. Uh, I think that's it. I, I don't know. A goth guy would be cool. Like Peter Steele would be a good look for me. But, you know, I wish I had hair. Let's put it like that. I wish I had hair to style and uh, uh, a good beard. And that's what
0: I wish. Um, That's it. I'm trying to think. The only thing that comes to my mind is that I wish I was a hermit and I wish that I could, I wish that I could just live by myself forever and just subsist off of the world around me and be content with what's available without constantly trying to get new things or change or anything like that. I would love to find some sort of like solid, foundation in my life that makes me feel comfortable just i don't know being alone i like people too much i like people so much I, I mean i'm they wear me out but i i can't get enough of it i love to talk i love to interact i love to do all that so i think for me like finding a quiet calm of solitude um would be a change of pace and some sounds like something that i'm not gonna ever have
1: you don't you you like you don't like to be you don't think you could go to the woods and spend like four days without charlotte oh like just alone nobody else just you i'm talking four years dog okay okay yeah yeah. nobody gets that chance though that is like a hermits do right but there's not a lot of hermits left religious people like monks and shit i mean when you get in your 60s or whatever i I don't see why you couldn't do it. That's true. I can be that guy. I'd be miserable, I think. I mean, for four days, I could go to the woods alone for four days and maybe get something out of it. But I don't really, I, maybe because I graduated college for sociology and I'm always paying attention to like social stuff that like, I don't know. I don't know if I could live in a world where I don't socialize at all
0: yeah i would like to do a silent meditation that's hack maybe or like to uh silicon valley but one of those things where you go and hang out for a week and don't say a word that seems fucking intriguing that is
1: weird as shit yeah those
0: silicon valley people that like i don't know i don't know if i could go to oh or like joshua tree and <laughs> just find themselves by never speaking yeah
1: I mean, I guess you probably have to learn a lot about yourself if you don't talk for, like, a week. Like, I can't... I mean, you know those motherfuckers cheat and they, like, write stuff down or, like, text. You know they. I do. I I don't have, like, faith in humans in, in the way that maybe you do. But, like, those things where you show up at a place and you give up your phone and everybody is kind of made to be in the moment and there's there's no connection to the outside world i i like think that's interesting i mean we went to a cabin our families went to a cabin a couple years ago that didn't have internet at all and we had to like watch just It had cable TV, I know, but we had all we could do really was watch cable TV and like do the outdoor stuff. And that was like really fun. It was, it's such a, it's such a fucking thing where like I can't picture the world without a cell phone now. I can't picture not being a, I like, I, I think of my childhood and I don't even, I don't even think of it in a way where there wasn't cell phones then. Like, I can't remember the feeling of like, I don't know how I'm going to get home from this place. And I can't call anybody. Like, I don't, I don't remember how that felt anymore. That's all
0: gone. Well, I was talking to Katie earlier about it with skateboarding and everything, how you can go on social media and you can see skateboarding and you, you can say, Oh, I want to do that. And the only reason it entered your mind is because you're scrolling on your phone. But like when I was a kid, it was like, Uh, It's the summer and all you have is a skateboard or rollerblades and uh, you've got nine hours today to fill. So that's what you're going to do. Like it it wasn't, it wasn't really a matter of like, that was the thing I wanted to do is just that took up all of my time. Like you had to find, you had to find things that uh, were were going to fill the day that were also fun and enjoyable and and all of that um, without the help of any sort of outside influence.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like that idea. I like the hermit idea. I would like to lock myself away for like a week. No microphones. Yeah. At the very least, no microphones. But like, maybe no phone. I feel so fucking weird without you a got phone. The whole, you got the whole rest of your life with the phone. The I know. A week ain't going to shake shit up. Just feels weird. Okay. Megan asks, and uh, we're going to do this quickly. Uh how did you guys meet and how did you decide to do Street Fight together? Uh we met uh through a, a mutual friend. Brett was podcasting and I was me and my friend were doing my two friends were doing like a really shitty podcast that we didn't know how to do anything. Like we didn't know how to upload stuff. We didn't under I didn't understand the internet at all. Like I couldn't figure out how to use it. And Brett was Uploading podcasts, and then we kind of got together and we did a show with them for a while, and then me and Brett were left to our own devices, and it worked better with just us. <laughs> so we uh, uh, started this show. I, I I I think like it was one of those things where like two guys maybe radicalized kind of at the same time in a real way, and uh, it just it made something new i guess
0: yeah i mean that's my take on it too i mean we uh, basically i went over to do a podcast with you and then i went back every single friday and y'all were doing a podcast because it was a reason to get together every friday like we would go podcast and then we would go do a bunch of fucking felonies and stuff afterwards um but then it, there was a point where um uh, you know we've mentioned before but I was at a transitional period in my life with a breakup and with a job change. And Brian was also at a, a stay-at-home dad and was in a transitional period. And I think we both felt like there was something to do there. And we, you know, we basically said to the other guys, um, we're going to take this big time. We're going to put our faces out there. We're going to say, this is the show that we do. We want to market and advertise and we want to make this our job. And, they didn't want to and now they make twice as much money that we do <laughs> you know they made the right decision they did but uh we did eventually make this thing work out um i still don't understand it i remember being on a patio 10 years ago broke as hell with no promises in the world and saying like this could be a huge thing and we can make this into something that's our day job and and we could just do this and um i i that it happened is a fucking complete surprise to me yeah Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it seems now, like,
1: 10 years ago when we were starting this, like, we should have... I don't know, like... I don't think we believed in... eh, believed that it could happen. I didn't believe that it could happen, but also, like, you know, I see a lot of people start podcasts now, and then they start monetizing, like, immediately and stuff like that. But for me and Brett, like... We didn't really even expect to ever make any money doing this. And uh, we just kind of, I think that's how our thing developed. Yeah. Better than, you know, maybe some other shows that, that like just got together, then launched a Patreon and did the show. It's because we did this for five years with no thought of ever monetizing really or making any money. And we did it every single week. And we don't take a lot of time off. So, I mean, as evidenced by the fact that we're doing a Q&A for while we're supposed to be off. oh, <laughs> um, uh, Okay, Brett, this one's for you. I mean, I could have a, a few answers. The first part here is, what are your favorite vegetarian recipes for home cooking? Uh, mine, personally, uh, I, I like pasta. I just make pasta. Pasta's easy, and uh, vegetarian is very easy to make with pasta and uh we just throw like pesto and a fucking shitload of vegetables in with the pasta and then bread and then boom you got yourself a little nice vegetarian meal what are your favorite veg meals
0: um right now my big one is i looked up a copycat recipe for sofritas from chipotle so you take like a can of tomatoes you take a can of adobo chilies and some peppers and all of that you blend it up and then you uh, marinate your tofu in that. And I keep a bucket of that in the fridge all the time, like for Mexican or for omelets or for anything. Like I will just grab a scoop of that and throw it in a lot of stuff. Um, Other than that, I think the best combination since uh, peanut butter and chocolate is black beans and sweet potatoes. Yeah. And I think you can do them in so many fucking different ways. You can have them however you like them. You can season them up and down the block
1: yeah those are good i i mean i we just put that on pita with a hot sauce and i'm like hey this is great fuck it you know uh so any advice on transitioning to plant-based and or vegan diet would be great too i i failed at that so
0: yeah my best advice really is just that um most of your meat-based recipes you spent your whole life learning you know your mom taught you from when you were a kid how to do the the beef spaghetti um or whatever it is uh and you have to try things out, and it's not always going to be good. You know, zucchini is not is not 100% a hit. So you have to find the way that you make stuff. Um, I feel for me, I'm not big on the healthy lifestyle. I think that, like, if you're eating a vegetable and it has, like, oil or Parmesan cheese on it, I don't think that's a problem. There's so many people that do, like, a... But, 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 that, that's just as... Un- it's not just as unhealthy. It's not a French fry, you know? So covering a fucking half a piece of zucchini and oil and Parmesan cheese is not a fucking French fry, you know, and, and like Brussels sprouts with breadcrumbs on them or asparagus with breadcrumbs on them, whatever it gets, whatever it takes to get you to eat that stuff. That's what you need in your body.
1: <laughs> that's how I think too. It's like, whatever it takes, whatever I, I can do to, cause I don't, I mean, it's hard to like vegetables to me. I'm, I mean, I know a lot of people really love them, but me personally, I mean, I grew up eating canned vegetables and frozen vegetables, and I've tried to rectify that in my adult life, but it is just not like a thing i i need to really train myself because i have started to train myself now where like at night i was eating like nine caramellos there for a while now i'm just like i'll eat a bowl of cereal and i'm fine yeah and somehow i've trained myself to be like fine with that bowl of cereal and i'm okay but uh and and i like the taste of it like the taste of it honey bunches of oats with almonds that's my go-to and um but like i just it's, i like asparagus i like brussels sprouts i like all those things i just don't ever think to have them
0: yeah I, th- I guess for me with like solo life now i can make everything how i want to so i can put dijon mustard on the stuff that i like i can do horseradish i can do sauerkraut so I feel that, like, I think that, like, when it comes to vegetables, you ha- just have to be selfish. Like, you have to make the best possible version of it and try out a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, whether it's, like, a chili lime seasoning or, or whatever it may be, um, that is the way to do it. Yeah. And, and like I said, you have to choke down some bad fucking dinners to figure out what you don't like. Do you like your Brussels, br- Brussels sprouts crispy or do you like them mushy? You know, it's all based on... It's all different. There's no one good way to make it. You have to find the one that works for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Brett, I don't I don't think either one of us have had this, but I'm going to go ahead and uh, ask the question anyway. Have you had Youngstown-style pizza? Uh, a Street Fighter friend sent me to a place, and I had it for the first time last week, and it was pretty good. Round Sicilian sweet sauce, not greasy. Well, here's the issue. I like Sicilian... I like round. Don't like sweet sauce. I'm not a sweet sauce guy. I like non sweet sauce, spicy. Because that's maybe that's the difference between Columbus and Youngstown is that like we go for a more savory, spicy type of sauce here that than than maybe some other places. Maybe that's the difference. I've never had it.
0: Donatos is super sweet.
1: Yeah, I mean, but it's i i don't know i feel like it's like yeah some of them are i guess granddad's is super sweet too but I, my favorite stuff are less sweet granddad's
0: more. is a rip ripoff
1: yeah i know i know granddad's got in there and it caused a lot of problems so yeah i
0: have not had that style of pizza yet sorry
1: yeah me neither me neither okay 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 can you each tell the story for how y'all got radicalized Uh, yeah, I can, I mean, for me, uh, it was weird in 2003, uh, I was working for a cable company and I was driving a van all day and I would listen to the radio and, uh, basically what I would listen to was Rush Limbaugh and Glenn Beck and shit like that. And, and this is like in the buildup to the war in Iraq. So like, they had me pretty scared and made me feel like I needed to be paying attention to what was going on in politics. And then over a short amount, I was like a conservative for probably six months or something like that. Not for very long. And then Katie got pregnant in 2004. And, um, I was like, we got to fucking save the world, man. It's time. I'm having a kid. I'm putting a kid out there. It's not just me anymore, man. And um she had the kid. Uh I got Libby and stuff. And then uh it was just a series of escalating things, right? Like so like I voted for Obama in 2008 and I was like okay, well, that's all we had to do. And then nothing got better. And then in 2011, Occupy Wall Street started and that's basically what did it. That's what, that's what made me an anarchist or or a communist or whatever, whatever people consider me that, uh, 2011 Occupy Wall Street did it. I didn't vote for Obama the second time and, uh, didn't vote for Hillary Clinton because, I just didn't, I, I mean, I just, that that's when I jumped off of, of regular shit and that's what radicalized me. It was just a series of escalating national events and personal events in my life that I feel that the left is the better side when we're arguing about how we're going to do this thing.
0: Yeah, for me, um, I think, I mean, the beginning of it, honestly, does go down actually back to Palestine uh, because when I worked at the Abercrombie Warehouse in the early 2000s, um, I had read the book Hegemony or Survival by Nam Chomsky and he had explained the war, like the back and forth, like what the statistics meant. And the fact that like Palestinian people were like, were taking scraps of bombs to send them back over while, uh, you know, Israel was sending over brand new sp- killer weapons. Um, and I also worked with somebody that lived in Jordan. She, she moved over here, I think for school and, uh, Hanan was her name and she was very informative. And there was another lady too. I remember them telling me all about the struggle and the strife over there. I thought it was fucked up. I knew it was fucked up. um, And I I think I wasn't I was not radical until Occupy Wall Street. That is definitely the time for me um, where, you know, I remember like when Eminem made that video that was supposed to take down George Bush. I remember all of these like moments where I wanted to like upend everything and I realized it wasn't happening. And Obama was a big wake up call for that, too. But Occupy Wall Street, going out there. uh, You know, Erica moved away to Texas at that time. So I had six months to myself. And so I would go to work and then I would leave work and just go hang out at the Occupy Wall Street encampment. I w- I wouldn't stay the night, but I would stay there till 4 or 5 in the morning and talking to people and a lot of homeless people hung out there. Like I I mean that helped radicalize me as well was talking to street people to explain to me how, they were telling me how they got there and they were telling me the strife that they're going through right now and um that like solidified everything for me and that was what started street fight. And, um, you know, even going back to the previous question with our previous podcast is that Brian and I were just like, fuck this system. And the other people were like, well, I mean, it's in place and there's rules and you have to do all this stuff. And we were like, we don't give a, people are suffering. I don't care if it's by the book, people are fucking suffering and it's my people. It's, it's my class. I, I realized what class I was involved in at that point. or or where i came from i knew it the whole time because i'd always been trying to be the fucking poor kid that achieved but i think that allowed me to have a breath of fresh air and understand that everybody else was being had the screws put to them by capitalism in america
1: yeah 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 yeah. you know that's also like a really good point is like knowing your class is class consciousness is this like really weird thing where like uh i thought i thought i like grew up rich for some reason because my parents said i mean i guess nobody's parents wants to tell
0: their kid that they're poor you know well like, they, yeah they just let you figure it out yeah but then, i don't, when the lights get shut off you'll figure it out
1: right i don't know that we were necessarily poor uh uh but i think i thought we were in the upper class not like the middle class I thought we were above middle class uh because my parents did make a little bit more money than the other probably a little bit more money than the other people in the neighborhood I grew up in and uh but not by much and it's really like i grew up with a pool but (laughs) and i thought that was like a big impressive thing but it was an above ground pool we had a hot tub but like none of us had like college funds or anything like that like my parents had a convertible but it was a chrysler sebring we had so like all of that stuff was very impressive where i grew up other kids didn't have an above ground pool. Other kids didn't have these things. So like, I thought I was like up there in the, like, in, in like the top 1%. I think I thought I was like in the top 1%. So like, it took me a really long time to figure out actually where i was and like even at the time when i was at my poorest and when i was struggling i also thought i was upper class like i just didn't ever allow myself to believe that i wasn't and and i don't mean this Cause I, I this, I don't mean this the way it sounds, but like I never wanted to allow myself to believe that I wasn't this like privileged guy, like this overprivileged guy, like Donald Trump Jr. or something like that. Like I never allowed myself to believe that until it was like, you know, fucking, I've been hustling for for. 15 years or 17 years now you know you're like 35 years old you uh uh you moved i got kicked out when i was 18 uh so you know 17 years later where i'm like i have never been comfortable in my life and then you know, I wouldn't, I would say that I got comfortable in the last like maybe year and a half of my life This is the first time I've ever like really felt like felt uh, solid, like I'm standing on a solid foundation. And, uh, that was really big to me because I, I do, it, it helps me understand why working class people might seem to have politics that run counter to what they are because like, I mean, poor, poor and, lower middle-class people's parents don't fucking tell the kids they're poor a lot of times they don't they don't like let you know that shit so how would you ever how would you develop any kind of like consciousness about where you fit because nobody talks about
0: that at all right it's all intuitive though i mean when you go to school and you don't get new shoes and shit like that and everybody else has other stuff You kind of figure out where you're at. You go to other friends' house and then you're like, oh, you can't come to my house though. No, you're not allowed to come to my house. I mean, we all
1: hung at my house and also like I never consider like I didn't consider that I wasn't getting new shoes. I the reason I thought I wasn't getting new shoes when my shoes were fucking falling apart was be I thought my parents didn't have time to take me to go get shoes. It never crossed my mind that they didn't have the money to take me to go get shoes. I mean, I don't know if people know this, but my I have four brothers and sisters too. And we were all teenagers at roughly the same time. So I, you know, I don't I don't think we had as much as I thought we had growing up, but you always felt lucky because you would go over to somebody else's house and hang them shit. Like They just didn't have anything And you were just like well I get Nikes I mean I only get them once per school year But I get to get a pair
0: Yeah I also think a big one for me I remember my dad co-signing for a car And putting it on his hourly wage And I like choked -hmm. I couldn't couldn't believe a fucking grown person was making $15 an hour. I was like, that, you can't live, like, that's starting. Isn't that starting? Like, how is that what you're making now? I, I, I was like, I remember having to reorganize everything in my life. And, you know, I quickly learned to think of things and like, how much time do I have to work to get this? So I think that opened my eyes too, where it was like, I want this new, I want these shoes but I have to work 10 hours at this warehouse. Like, would I throw boxes for 10 hours to get a pair of shoes? Fucking no, no, that's not worth it. They're the, the output of labor is not worth the rewards. I would agree. I, I, I think that's also like a
1: really good point is like, uh, um, I, I think like that. I, I also have very backwards priorities because of like the way that I came up because it's like my parents have five kids uh instead of like saying like hey uh we should like try to help these kids get into college like my parents bought a camper then rented a campsite for the whole summer and we yeah. go camping every weekend during the summer and had a pool and a hot tub two convertible cars uh like they they bought all this stuff for themselves there was fucking a in my house growing up there was a living room and a family room and the the only two people allowed in the living room yep were my parents nobody else was allowed in there ever like i think of it as such a fucking psycho thing now that I'm a parent. That my parents had furniture in the house that we weren't allowed to sit on. They said, "You're not allowed to sit on this fucking couch." And it was a. Sh- I know why, because they were shitty wicker. Co- my parents have wicker couches. That's Bobo. <laughs> I mean, I told you, yeah, it's so weird, man. Because like, if you heard the way they talked to me when I when I was a kid, you'd be. We weren't allowed to say ain't. Cause At you're better home. than that. Yeah, yeah. They would say "ain't ain't a word" or "ain't isn't a word," and we don't want to hear you say it. We weren't. We just like they wanted us to have like some sort of proper English. I remember my dad
0: wanted- should sent you to
1: finishing school. I know. I think they couldn't afford it, but I remember my dad made me. Sp- <sighs> my dad wanted us to spell the word gray g-r-e-y instead of g-r-a-y because g-r-e-y is like a more canadian therefore higher class way of spelling the color gray like that was a thing in my fucking so house, important dude so unimportant i know i know <laughs> i know i know i know they would go on cruises i mean they go on cruises all the time still like they just go on, like, four a
0: year. Yeah. It's just... Yeah, mine was not that, but... <laughs> right, but <laughs> they didn't
1: use any of it for us, and they didn't, like, impart any knowledge or wisdom on right. us at at any point, my... You know, they didn't sit me down and say, like, this is what your life's going to be like when you move out of the house. They said, get the fuck out of here. And, you know, (laughs) you need to get you need to go if you're not going to get a job is basically what they said. So uh, um, I, I don't know. I mean, like you got kicked out, too. I think maybe that's something that me and you have together in a way, that we both got kicked out of our, our parents' house, too. Like You didn't get kicked out. You ran away in the middle of the night, right?
0: Yes, I ran away in the middle of the night, but they also got kicked out. I mean, I've been kicked out of their house, too, for talking about 9-11 in a way that wasn't patriotic. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Jesus Christ. That's crazier than me. I, I, I don't know if I've ever told the story how I got kicked out of my parents' house growing up, but basically what it was was... Uh, I didn't get my driver's license until I was 22, because when I was in high school, my parents said, you can't, you have to have above D's. Always found that unfair, by the way, because D's are passing. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And I could pull D's. I could always pull D's. I just wasn't going to get a damn C. I, I just I didn't know how to get a C. I never considered getting a C, you know. So I had to get at least all a all C's. And then they would sign me up for driver's ed. And I didn't I never pulled that off. Yeah. <laughs> the whole time from 16 to 18. Um So I never got my license. And when I was 18 or 19, we had to move somewhere that wasn't even on the bus line. This place wasn't on the bus line. Uh, It was like a, a town home and it was in a suburb, but there was just like nothing there. Yeah. Nothing around it. And they said, you need to have a job in two weeks by the, by the end of two weeks you need to have a job or you need to get the fuck out of this house. But like, I didn't have a license or a car. So I don't like, I could never in my life figure out how I was to get that job. But I was in the same boat with my brother, Jason, who produces this show. Now he was in the same boat places me right like they said it to both of us at the same time i mean i just think they were sick of the two of us because we're 19 years old neither one of us have jobs we're fucking total scumbags we're smoking we're doing drugs it's just all this stuff i know they wanted us out of the house especially considering i had a younger brother and younger sister that was still living at the house you know it probably was like so anyway two weeks comes by and they go, uh, uh, my stepmom comes down to the basement and she, me and Jason are sitting there on bunk beds, which is also kind of humiliating at 19. Yeah. 19 and like 23. <laughs> we, were on, we were on bunk beds and we're just sitting down there and she's like, did you get a job? And Jason begs he just is like come on mom you know what i mean like he does he puts it full on in a way that like is both it's sad but it's super manipulative too you know it's it's a manipulation but it comes off like begging yeah looks at me she says brian did you get a job and i said no and she was like well and i was like bye and i just walked out of the house and didn't go back for 2 years <laughs> i like i don't they say they didn't kick me out that's what a that's a wild thing they say they didn't kick me out but what that means is i was expected to beg yeah. to stay there and i am just that's not me as a person you know yeah but that informs i mean people talk about how me and you are like good parents i guess and uh, i think you know, that kind of stuff really informs both of our methods. I mean, it's not even just, I don't even take my parents as an example of what not to do. Even as much as I, I Katie's parents, we have friends whose parents I just, I, I really look at it at people. What are the relationships that your friends have with their parents what what does that do to those people what does that do to your life and like i just maybe i'm in like a weird anomaly group but i just don't think i nobody around us is like i don't know anybody that has a healthy relationship with them i know people that spend time with them and but they they have to like they feel like they have to and their mom is just angry and all that you know what i mean
0: yeah put up with it
1: yeah yes they're just putting up with it i just don't do that that's just not my style um you ever have experience with hoarders or hoarding yourself uh i've been working on moving into my trans partner's parents house and dealing with the massive amount of stuff Nothing rancid or rotten, just an overwhelming abundance of products. It's turned me off any consumerism for a long time. Where do you find the balance with consumerism? No ethical consumption under capitalism at all. But I found myself asking, why do y'all have two automatic peelers? You can peel a potato with like your hands and a knife, you know? <laughs> and Jay, I love this question because obviously I've, I went, Two people's houses uh, for gears nine times a day and uh yeah i've had experience with hoarders but i'd be interested in like more brett because have do you have you ever met somebody or do you know somebody do you know somebody that buys shit in a way that you're like concerned about because that's always interesting to me
0: i really don't have a name (laughs) My, my dad had a friend um and he was like yeah uh so and so asked for help to clean out the house it's a big problem he's trying to find somebody and then like a month later it got condemned because he had waited so fucking long. like he waited until the last minute when everything was falling apart and dilapidated um I am a hoarder myself, not in a big way, um but I do hang on to things I want to save and sell later. You are- it's it's hard for me. If I'm like I can get $5 for that, why would I donate that? And it's like, well because it would be out of the fucking house and out of your hair and it's like, I don't know, I'm going to wait till I get $5 for it, you know.
1: It is funny the way that like cuz you have this really like hustler mindset. That, I mean, like did that start when you were really young, did you, were you the dude that sold candy at school, like gum or whatever? Like, when did you start? Like, I mean, you, you know, there is a thing. There is something about you that I've always, that is something I've always admired about you is that like you, you, you stay on top of shit and you know, for a fact That you always can flip stuff and make money where I don't have any, I don't have any confidence in my ability to find stuff or what would be worth anything. So, I mean, when did you start that
0: as a kid? I mean, I started literally, like m- as soon as my dad showed me how to use the lawnmower, I was like, hey, dad, can I take the lawnmower on Saturday and go knock on people's doors and see if they'll let me mow their lawn? <laughs> <laughs> I mean- There was no money. And I was also super into baseball cards as an early age because we, my dad, w- we would go to baseball card shows. We'd also go to the flea market, and there was a baseball card guy there too. So I would always be like, what I would do is I would go to CVS and I would steal baseball cards and then go sell them to the baseball card store. You know?
1: Yeah. That makes Um, sense.
0: I would also, I never sold candy, but I also like in elementary school, I got a creepy crawlers machine for Christmas and I would take like 50 cents or a dollar and I would sell people like bags of creepy crawlers or like I got the pencil topper kit and I would make pencil toppers and take lunch money. I got in trouble for it. I got in trouble for selling pogs as well at school. Um, I mean, even, that's crazy. <laughs> like, but just, even as like so, like I've had a I have I've had a PayPal account. I was just looking at the numbers for like twenty two years now. Because like when I call and talk to them, they're always like, "Oh wow, sir, you've been a." customer for quite some time now but that was the easiest way for me to get a debit card because when you're 15 you can't get that so they would they get they sent me a, i got a paypal account they sent me a debit card in the mail i had a car i would skip school or after school we would go to the thrift store and i would just buy band t-shirts and I like people love bands and are adamant about them and I'd buy a band shirt for $2 and sell it for 10, but sometimes I'd buy a, a band shirt for $2 and sell it for 200, you know, for yeah. some out, you know, you would find those classics and vintage back then. Um, you know, it's always been popular. Um, yeah. But for me, I, I, it really came out of, Talking about, like, growing up and everything, my mom's most famous line was, Brett, I don't have a fucking dime to my name. Yeah. (laughs) Like, if I asked for anything or thought I wanted to do something, she'd say, Brett, I don't have a fucking dime to my name. So then it was for me, it was like, well, I have to get a dime to my name. Like, I have to figure, like, it just created a drive inside of me that, like, well, I guess money is what I need, really, to do anything. All the stuff I want to do is fucking money. So I have to get it however I can.
1: Man, I, my parents, I mean, my parents wouldn't say I don't have a dime to my name, they would say no. They would just be like, No. Yeah. You can't do that. Or you can't we get didn't we give you your allowance, which for many years was eight dollars every two
0: weeks. That doesn't go far.
1: Well, no shit. Not even in 1995
0: did that go far.
1: Yeah. It like didn't go far ever when when I was 12, I was getting $8 every 2 weeks. I had already started smoking cigarettes and like I wanted candy and stuff and they just you got your allowance has all the money you get from us. But I think now in retrospect they were just broke. You know, they they just didn't either that or they wanted to hold on to it for themselves. I mean, I i i think it's so funny it's such a it's such a fucking difference between the way i i mean you probably did this too but between the way me and you are in in that respect that i knew i needed money but i just stole it from my parents they had a big change my parents had a big change thing i mean i would just take all the quarters out of it yeah and go and do whatever i was going to do and i got a job as soon as i turned 16 and i really i tried when i was 15 but nobody would hire me and i think it's just because i looked like shit
0: yeah Yeah, no, I I started, I did the papers at 14 because that was the only place that would hire me. And at 15, I got a job at Fazoli's and at 16, somebody got me a restaurant job at All-Star Cafe. And from there, I've just had a working life ever since that. Yeah, that, I mean, I I
1: started at 16 at McDonald's and uh, ended up getting fired, but it was because I got in trouble with my parents and they made me go camping with them for a week so the punishment when i was growing up is you have to go camping with us you like you have to spend the weekend with
0: right you're in real big trouble now (laughs) mister
1: you have to listen to us fucking bitch and moan and scream at each other for for whatever but like i you know i got the mcdonald's job then i I really thought Chuck E. Cheese was going to be a step in a good direction, but I really was trying to get on at the movie theater because, you know, I, I love movies. I like to go see movies. So I was like, they give They give you free movies. And for some reason in my mind, I thought if I get a job at the movie theater, I'll be the projectionist and they'll just pay me to sit and watch the whole movie. I'm I just convinced of this, and I just—I I think I've written about this in in one of the old zines or something. But like, when I got that job at McDonald's, it really. I had, I had romanticized what it was going to be to get a job when I was, uh, uh, before when I was 15 or whatever. And I had always had this thing in my mind. I've told, I've told my fantasy a few times on here where I would come home from work at the jewelry store. I thought I was going to work at a jewelry store selling jewelry. I didn't have any jewelry and I've never, I don't have jewelry now. I don't own any. But I thought I was going to work at this place called International Diamond and Gold because I thought that was like, you got to put on a fucking shirt and a tie to work there. And I just was kind of like, I'll get in there. I'll sell diamonds. It'll be a whole big deal. I'll close up the place. I'll lock the doors and I'll leave and I'll go home to my house and throw my keys on my counter and sit down and watch. I mean, porno is what I would think I would watch all the time. Lost. Well, no, I was way too lost, was way before. So okay. I had had this feeling in my head that I was going to go home and watch Quentin Tarantino movies or something like that. And Porno. then I, what? Porno, basically. Porno, yeah. But I had decided, like, Okay. I'm good. I got this job at McDonald's because I fucking was talking. I was making fun of the recruiters that come to school. You know, they would sometimes recruiters would come to school and set up like a thing like, like McDonald's, Wendy's, whatever that were trying to hire teenagers. They would set up a table and you could go talk to them and fill out uh uh application but i was like i'm just gonna fuck with these guys you know i'm gonna go make fun of these adult people <laughs> and yeah. like be like oh you work at mcdonald's or are you making big macs you know what i mean <laughs> like i was just yeah. and they hired me and i was like well i mean 450 an hour when I, mean, I work at least eight hours a week that's something, you know?
0: Yeah, I'm doing that math on your paycheck for the first time. You're like, oh, I can do this. I got this covered. And you're like, it costs how much to live, though?
1: Yeah, I I have my first paycheck stub down in the basement from McDonald's. I made $57. Oof. I, I think it was only a half a check or okay. whatever but i did i made fifty seven ninety eight or something like that but anyway like i thought a step i thought chuck e cheese was like kind of a step up but it wasn't and then i just made a lot of lateral moves until i ended up at the call center and then up to the cable company and then podcaster but as far as hoarders go i i used to get because you asked about consumerism. I used to get like really frustrated pre-pandemic that if we didn't have anything to do, then me and my wife and my daughter would sit down and, and I'd be like, what do we want to do, guys? You know, you guys want to go do something? And they would always say Target. You want to go walk around Target? and Or do you want to go walk around this but it was always going to a store yeah and i would just like flip out about that i fucking hated that i thought it was like i i just i felt sad about it and we would always do it and we'd come home with new shit that who fucking knows where any of that shit is uh but i run a lean ship uh basically anything in this house that was ever worth anything i've sold and uh everything
0: else has to be here
1: yeah, everything else just has to be here. I would sell this yoga ball I'm sitting on if if I thought somebody would buy it.
0: I'm uh I'm considering uh hanging up all my paintings and pictures and prints and putting all my furniture but having it all listed on Facebook Marketplace for more money. <laughs> <laughs> it's like
1: living in a gallery. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But you're. That's what's so fucking funny about you, is like. You. You you could i guess you could call yourself i don't i don't think you're a hoarder i think you're a collector yeah but i also don't think that you get married to, literally anymore but you, i don't think you get married to any of the stuff that you
0: own no it's neat and it's fun and it's new and exciting <laughs> and then i'm like "Uh, someone want to buy it for more money <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah I, I think that's fucking
1: cool i actually really like that i, I don't sell I, I I there's things I wouldn't sell for sentimental value that I like, but other than that, you know, PlayStation, easy come, easy go. Yeah, I've never had a game system for very long, so put out a
0: Craigslist ad that says, "I make an offer for anything in my house. Just take a look. Just come walk through
1: and see if anything piques your interest." I know. I'm. I mean, why not? Though? I, I know what is in here? What do you own that you really need? Like you could, you really could have a Craigslist. I love this idea. Now, now that I'm thinking about it, you get a Craigslist ad that runs every day. Yep. You go through your house. You fucking, if there's something you don't want to give up, you just put a sticker on it. Yeah. And you're like that. You can't have not for sale, not for sale, but everything and then you just basically live in a store you live in a
0: garage sale
1: (laughs) i mean but that sounds fun you're always making money yeah oh cash changing hands (laughs) you have a cash register in your (laughs) house i also take venmo and and paypal uh brett and or brian oh this is this is mainly a brett thing but uh uh Have you ever taken any martial arts classes? What do you think about martial arts as a cultural element? And how do the Ronnies and Lonnies of the world fit into
0: it? Oof, that's a lot. Do you ever take one? As a kid, I did. I did Taekwondo um, at the Ernie Reyes school ernie reyes was the guy that played donatello in the ninja turtle movies i mean that's he, impressive though that ninja it was turtles f- costume looks crazy though it was perfect working but it was a franchise so they yeah. would show up once a year for like some exhibition or tournament and we get to see them briefly um and then ernie reyes jr would come too. he was in surf ninjas Um, And then after that, I did go work at another place that was a little more intense and a little bit more focused. Um, I'm not back into it. I am interested in it. There's a guy um, they used to hang out with at the playgrounds, and he teaches karate. And uh, he talked to me about it, and I was real into it. It just didn't work into my schedule, but I have thought about digging his name back up again. Karate? Yeah, kempo.
1: I mean, if I was going to, I guess if I was considering doing it, oh, God, I just realized I sound like people who say don't go to school for liberal arts because I was, I was just about to say, I guess if I was doing it, I would do Brazilian jujitsu because that's like the thing that people are into. It's a practical skill. But that's like, I mean, I don't think I don't know. But I don't know the rules of karate. I've never been around it in my life. I'm pretty sure it's not like just for learning how to fight.
0: No, no. (laughs) I mean, I think it's good to know how to throw a punch or to build that muscle memory and to practice. Obviously, in American society, it's been bastardized by some weird fucking orientalism that people have in regards to it. Um, well also the guy the karate guy though he is from the Congo and he's like one or 62 and he literally he's looking down on me i was like how do you get into karate and he was like well i'm kind of, i was kind of the small guy in my neighborhood and everybody <laughs> picked on me and i was like oh you could you could have fooled me
1: <laughs> <laughs> i mean i think I, as far as how like uh, it's karate places uh, it's a I love them as a business. I love dojos at a as a business now, yeah. I know there is like you said, there's this orientalism, but there's also this thing of like dudes that just get way fucking into it and and they're like they probably need it, yeah, it's helpful i well, I mean, I just think like some of the people that run those places, if they weren't doing that i don't know what they would be doing but yeah. it would probably be running a scam that's a lot more harmful than kind of just standing there and showing kids how to like flip each other and do
0: an exercise yeah doing
1: do an exercise so i'm like yeah i think i'd rather those guys just do the the carny i mean they're carny it's a carny business uh a lot of the uh a lot of the places is like a carny business but uh I firmly love carny business. Yeah. So it's hard for me to, to, to make, I, I don't, I don't know. And, and And like, I I don't, I also, as far as Lonnie's go, I really don't think Lonnie's ever learned karate. I think they think they know karate without (laughs) ever
0: taking a lesson. Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, it does depend a lot on the teacher. I think that, like, I went to that Ernie Ray's school that was obviously a big franchise, just trying to get $50 a month subscriptions out of people. Uh, but the guy I went to later, um, he was, he was actually pretty impactful on my life because he was like, um, you know, we're not training to beat people up here. You know, we're not learning how to win bar fights. Like that's none of this. He explained, he was like, uh, if I ever have the chance to run away from a fight, that's what I'm doing. Like if somebody pulls a knife onto me, I'm by myself in an alley. The first thing I'm going to do is turn around and run as fast as possible. If they catch up with me, then I'm going to use all this stuff. And so, there, it's it's like most things with American culture, it gets skewed and, you know, yoga is the same way. But there is like a deep compassion and, and like a sp- spiritual depth to this kind of thing that I think guys do have to learn. There, there was actually, there's a, it, not kind of related. There was a guy I met one time that served in the military and he was like, man, before I went in the military, I was like super Republican, patriot, rah, rah. The troops are the best. He's like, once I went through it, He's like, I don't think anybody should do that. I don't want there to be, I don't want people to do that anymore. I signed up for it because I was willing to, but they use it too much and it's not something to be glorified. And like, he had a change of mind. I think that like with a lot of this warrior stuff, like you said, Lonnie's from the outside think it's pretty badass. Um, but the real tradition of it should be building some sort of, um, some sort of machismo or some sort of power that is also reserved or held back or restricted, or that doesn't always try to punish with fists. Right? Yeah. 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 You, you don't,
1: you don't want the, you you don't want people just learning this. It feels like with karate specifically or any of these things it does feel like you learn how to channel stuff inside of you and people who breathing breathing. And it seems to me like a lot of people who do it are kind of more chill than you would expect because I think they breathe. Yeah. They're just doing this stuff that people like me just never even fucking considered doing. You know, I, I think the first time somebody taught me, how to do breathing exercises to try to calm myself down i was blown the fuck away because i was just like you can like breathe yeah to, like you just change your breathing or i don't know like there is something about giving yourself tasks that i wish i would do but giving yourself a task that you have to complete yeah where I know i've heard weird things about the belt system and karate or whatever but like being like oh i want to break i want to break a board i want to like break a brick i i mean just these are ideas that i can wrap my mind around a little bit and i can't really i i i feel like that's why i am a kind of a listless person is because I don't have a structure where achieving is rewarded. I mean, this is kind of that, but this is also my job and all. It's tenuous. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it, not as it's not as obvious. Yes, yes. It's hard to know when you've done a thing. When you got your new belt. Yeah, but it, 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 I I do think that there has to be some. I I I do think I want to do something that rewards, achievement, because I think I was at my best in my life when I, I- I mean, I'm not bad now, but I was at my best as a person when I was in college, when I was, when I was doing college, because I had this fucking mission that at the end of every semester, I got a number that told me how good I did at this thing. And then at the end I got a degree and there was something about that, that, that like I was able to wrap my mind around. And since I've since i got out you know i'm really happy with what we've achieved doing this show and i'm really happy with a lot of the stuff but i can't objectively say that whatever we do is good or that something's a big achievement because when you're in this business when you're doing something kind of in the entertainment field and show business field like you can sell 350 tickets at the same time and 350 could be a fucking number that you never thought you were going to see when you first started out and you were performing for 15 or 40 and you sell tickets you look out the whole place is packed and you're like I'd like to sell 500 now. And there's just never a point where you just sit down and say, "God damn, you know, we we sold a lot of tickets." So, you know, an objective way of measuring something. But I'm also an incredibly lazy dude that I don't know if I could do karate or anything like that. It just I don't know. I don't meditate and I know that I should meditate and my, my therapist tells me I should meditate and I just don't do it. Like I, I don't know. I can't make my do it myself. Do it.
0: Yeah. Um, I think i probably will try to get into something like that. I think, um, you know, it's even similar to like mosh pits in a way how, I mean, just masculinity is so fucking bottled up, but like getting on the ground with somebody and tussling and being aggressive and kind of having someone throw you off your feet. Like, it's exciting and it feels emotional in a way. And it's a, you know, it, it's a way to get all of that out. Um, but <laughs> yeah. at the same time I did, dude, I had this one friend that did, uh, what's the one from fucking Tibet? Um Muay Thai. And uh, we were rolling at this fucking place and this guy talks shit and this guy's like six foot one and he does this like spin kick and just kicks the dude right on the side of the fucking neck and he just like slammed into the ground. <laughs> just like bounced off the fucking ground. And then we had to leave because it was a situation, (laughs) but this guy was trying to start problems. And this other dude just fucking spin kicked him out of nowhere. And it was like, okay, well, uh, we got to (laughs) go. I used to hang
1: out with a guy. um, He was much older. He was like four years older than all of us. We were like 14 and he was 18. He was dating my friend's sister and uh, he was a kickboxer, but he was like, like me he's like a redneck guy that kickboxed and stuff like that and I saw him I saw him kick somebody in the face and like (laughs) knock him out one time just with like a roundhouse motherfucking (laughs) kick in the face and I was like holy shit but then there was this there's this dude I went to uh this dude I went in ninth grade this guy showed up and he wanted to fight my buddy uh because of a girl thing it was like yeah he just so his name was angel and uh sean right was my friend and sean was a lanky guy that was kind of thin like me uh but i don't know why he he could fight like really well so this takes practice this dude angel was swole like actually he was maybe the first person i was ever in the same room with that was swole and uh they were getting in a fight as we were getting on the school bus one day and i will fucking never forget this like my friend sean's kind of standing there doing the the redneck boxing stance putting his dukes up. yeah but he's like you know having fun takes his gold necklace off and hands it to somebody and he's just like going tsk, 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 you know what i mean he's like making the noise but he's not throwing any real punches this fucking angel guy throws a roundhouse kick at my friend sean and was like nothing happened it really was so soft that like i think now thinking back on it Angel probably never took a karate class and just was like, I'm gonna throw a roundhouse kick because I seen it in movies and stuff. But this goddamn guy threw a roundhouse kick and I was like, oh my God, it's gonna like hurt my buddy. And it just bounced right off him and Sean punched the guy in the face and knocked him out immediately. And it was just like this, this thing of like, I never know. <laughs> I never know what kicking does. I never, I, I never was able to get a full understanding of if kicking is good or kicking is not good. <laughs> yeah, I nail it. Yeah, you, you've got to hit him in the face. That's the whole thing.
0: Or fuck up their thigh,
1: Brian. This is from Carter. Can you tell us more about weird characters you encounter on your walks? I don't walk nearly as much as you, but even so, have gotten to know some of the intense oddballs in my neighborhood lately. Carter, I uh, am an antisocial guy, kind of. Like I, I put headphones in, and I kind of look down at the ground. There are like two people who ask me for money. There's this woman who stops me and asks me for money. And I always give her whatever's in my wallet because I don't need, ca- I, like I, I usually have like $3 or something like that. She either asks me for more or on days where I don't have any money, I feel so bad. She walks. Someone's like, Hey, I haven't asked you in a while. Can I have some money? And I'm like, why do you recognize me? (laughs) Like it makes me feel bad when I have to say no a few times in a row. So that lady is, is okay. But like, I tend to really like guys that are like, I, I think my favorite occurrence anytime I'm out, not even just when I'm walking, but just anytime I'm out is a guy yelling into his phone at somebody it is truly a joy to see that it happens so much in new york when we were in new york i noticed that you could and like man so it was friday night me and my wife encountered a guy yelling into his phone and it was just like You know, tears are coming out like he was just screaming into the phone about how like broken up he was or whatever, but not in he was not necessarily screaming at the person on the other end of the phone in an angry way he was screaming in a very sad and begging way but he was still fucking screaming and he was jumping up and down and just holding the phone in front of his face and screaming into it and it's just like man that guy's just uh, look he's gonna remember this night for the rest of his life
0: (laughs) yeah he remember (laughs) all the tastes and sounds
1: yeah whatever gets you to like whatever gets you to the point where you're screaming into your phone or like I just like it when people argue with each other and I like it when people are screaming at each other on the street now I don't like it when people are screaming at random passersby. I hate that I just it's like too much for me but I also know that they probably have you know issues and I, I just try not to look and just keep moving. But like when two people agree to be in a fight and yell at each other, I don't like violence. I don't like people punching each other or anything, but man, when two people get into a real knocked out, drag out screaming match, my ass will fucking stop and just stand and watch the whole thing. You know, I love it. Or the other oddball, is the guy that tried to run into a fire. If you remember that story. Oh, to save people. <laughs> yeah. 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 There was a, a, uh, I was walking downtown and there was a truck on fire, like really on fire too, melting fire. It was a bad fire. And, uh, this guy was like, I gotta save him! I gotta save him!" And first of all, we were one, we were, I was walking by a bus stop. He told me like, hey, or no, I was walking by a bus stop. He jumped on the bus, on the, on, on the, on the bus Drove, had the bus drive him one stop over where the fire was. Got off the bus and then was like, oh, "I gotta go save. I I gotta save the life. Is there somebody in there?" And me and like a couple other guys had to like grab him and hold on to him so he wouldn't go try to save somebody that like wasn't didn't. There was nobody in the goddamn thing. He just. I mean, I think part of me thinks he was. He's a fascinating character to me in my life because. He really wanted to be a hero that day.
0: Yeah, he thought he had an opportunity. <laughs>
1: yeah, he wanted to be an Instagram hero or like Facebook where it goes viral. This guy pulled these people out of a burning truck. Most people would just, you know, watch
0: and wait for the ambulance to come. Do you ever seen that movie, uh, Kevin, who lives at home? Mm, Dan, who lives at home? Is it Dan? Maybe it's. What is it about? Um, it, It's pretty much that. I mean, I kind of ruined the movie, so sorry. No. Jeff, who lives at home. Jeff, who lives at home. No, I have not seen that. Katie has. It's a really good movie. I I honestly enjoyed the whole thing. Um, It's very mundane for the majority of it. And at the end, there's like this spectacular situation, and he just interjects himself in it. And it's like... (laughs) Until then, he was a nobody loser, and everybody around him, he was like the black sheep of the family. So it is that same character. It, actually, in the movie, he wasn't looking for recognition, but it is that same kind of, uh, I can do this and just be a hero. This will
1: change the the trajectory of my life yeah
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah once i pull this person out of the car they're gonna send me christmas cards every year we're gonna have meetups we'll probably have the news it's gonna be great i'm gonna be on the news yeah Yeah, the the news is the
1: thing i think people think that once you're on the news you're rich some people because i know before like before like i understood what it takes to make money kind of or whatever in that world and in the internet i thought that like when i was a kid it's like if somebody's on tv they're rich that's just they don't let anybody on tv that's not rich
0: okay Damn it, jump off of this